This is Lifetime Sentence, the podcast where we watch bad Lifetime original movies and compare them to the truly heinous stories that inspired them. Because sometimes the truth really is stranger than fiction. Hey, so how's it going? You know, this week was really rough and I'm really heartsick, but it's fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's all good. It's it is what it is at this point. It's fine. I just you know sometimes you get reminded or that the, all the terrible things that you think about yourself when nobody's looking, other people actually think about you too, and that sucks. But well, it is what it is. I don't have any good advice for you. Uh, if you were. <laughs> If you were one of my students, then I'd come up with some crap about how they're just jealous and like 11-year-old you would have believed me. Totally. Um, but adults are way more complex and adults are bigger assholes than kids. For real, though. So, um, well, you didn't ask me how my day is. How's your day, then? I had a new story idea. You know, it's been a long time since uh -huh. I've been, like, inspired to write. I've been forcing myself yes. to. And mm -hmm. then last night I dreamt up a whole book, so I started writing today, and it just started flowing. Good for you. I ate a bowl of soup today and didn't throw up afterwards, so basically we're both, we're both on the winners. same page. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! And I got my hair cut yesterday, and I cut out my I, highlights. Good. I like it. I, I don't know why it looks so much darker, even though your highlights weren't that... I know. Right. I thought the same thing. But for whatever but reason, this is so a real good better. haircut today. I texted my hair girl because I'm supposed to go um, either next week or the week after and get my hair done before Thanksgiving. And I texted her and I was like, under no circumstances are you allow me to cut off all my hair or cut bangs. Um, I will not record with you if you get bangs. <laughs> I will not look at that. She was like, I got you. Don't worry. <laughs> I, in fact, I said something yesterday because um, I was going to get my highlights redone mm -hmm. and um, my girl was like, so what are we doing today? I was like, just cut it all short again. Like, you know, I was like my favorite style, mm -hmm. you know how like it, she was like, okay, are we doing the highlights? And I was like, I don't think so. And she was like, for, for real? Because I budgeted the time and I was like, I'm sorry. Like, you know how when a teenage girl is going through something, they change their hair. Like, that's where I am mm -hmm. right now. My hair's the thing I can control. So a hundred percent she was like i get it i can't control anything but i can control my hair and so i, I just had to put some ground rules in place so that i don't go buck wild and get <laughs> something that i hate because i will like just to spite people you know oh i'm well aware i've met i've met us yeah <laughs> we are the petty podcast yeah for real the petty podcast that's a good title right that'll be our second podcast when this one our gets next so project. big mm -hmm. When we get so big, like Deck the Hallmark, that we need to start a podcast network. Right? That'll be our second podcast. I just I just want to be so big that, like, we could buy ourselves dinner from our ad revenue once a week. <laughs> well, we, right now we're at once a month. <laughs> as long as we eat off the dollar. <laughs> right. No, no, no. Right now we're at, like, you can buy one for one month and then I can buy one. We're, like, on alternating month schedule right now. Right, right, right. <laughs> Um, no, but we've actually been with the new network. I think we're going on a month tomorrow since we officially switched over. Oh, really? I felt mm -hmm. like it had been longer. See, you're so much no. better at things like that. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm kind of like a so dog. Bad. Like I have no concept of time. Sometimes I think 20 years has passed and it's been 10 minutes. And sometimes. Oh, I hate when that happens. Sometimes I send an email to somebody that I'm like, I thought we were talking just the other day and an entire year has passed. So. Right. Oh, if I say something happened the other day, it could have happened yesterday or could have happened like 30 years ago. And oh. I, I, it makes no difference to me whatsoever. I'm right there with you on that. <laughs> um, speaking of. Actually, I don't know what I said. Speaking of, like, that was a segue. Um, sure. Do you know what I found out this week? And now what? I have to alter everything I've ever said. Okay. Steve Harvey is now the guy who gives out the giant check. <gasps> really? Yes. So, henceforth, I will be referring to Steve Harvey in a giant check. Okay. Um, additionally. Yes, Ed McMahon. Welcome to Lifetime Sentence. I'm Steve Harvey. <laughs> I don't even know who I am. And this is Ed McMahon. <laughs> oh, oh, God, I'm dead. Okay, I mean, you know what? At this point, it's fine. I'll be dead. I don't care. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, being that I've been in the mood that I've been in, this movie was incredible. I'm so glad to hear that. I loved it. Um, it is absurd and ridiculous and peak lifetime. And I loved every second of it. You want to know how I knew this was going to be good? Because I told you? Well, no, before you told me that <laughs> even, um, one of the articles that I found, one of the good articles, cause I told you a lot of them were just saying the same thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But this one that gave me some good information was called sex voodoo and the murder of hotel air Ben Novak. And anytime Ooh. you can put sex voodoo and murder in a title, it's going to be a good ride. Well, I didn't see the voodoo in the movie and now I'm upset, but um, it's fun. So this movie was called Beautiful and Twisted, and I'm still not completely convinced that it originally aired on the Lifetime Network, but that's what the Lifetime website says, so we'll go with it. Um, it stars Rob Lowe. He plays Ben Novak Jr. I love Rob Lowe. I'm excited because two weeks in a row now you've known who these people are. I know. There are going to be two people you know in this movie, possibly three. Okay. Very excited. Okay. Um, he was in St. Elmo's Fire, The West Wing, Parks and Rec, and my new favorite Christmas movie that I told you to watch last week, Holiday in the Wild on Netflix. Oh, right. I haven't watched that yet. But Very I did excited. watch The Snow Bride yesterday. <gasps> Snow Bride is the best. I love, I love it. That movie. I went in not wanting to like it. Snow Bride. So in the middle of us talking just now, Google signed me out of my account and hung up on you. <laughs> like, it said connection was lost. I refreshed the window and it said, we need to make sure it's you and asked me for my password. And I was like, are you like, we were literally just on this thing. Are you kidding me? That's wild. So I'm not even going to like, I did edit out the like dead silence before I went. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> But, okay, so Rob Lowe, he's in Christmas in the Wild. Who's next? Uh, Holiday in the Wild. Hol um, that's what I said. It's all the same thing. Um, I forget Netflix won't put Christmas in their title because that was like the holiday calendar was last year, mm -hmm. not the advent calendar. Or... Well, Christmas Prince, the third one's coming out this oh, year, that's and that's true. on Netflix. Reminds me of that tweet that where it was like somebody watched a Christmas Prince 356 times. Are you okay? 
I um, I love that movie. <laughs> it was probably me. Um, anyways, Paz Vega, who looks exactly like Penelope Cruz. Um, she plays Narcy. She was in Spanglish, The OA, and a movie called The Bra. Okay. Which coincidentally is not our Pornhub or TV this week. Wow. <laughs> um, Candace Bergen. Oh, I know Candace. She. Oh, do you? Are you well enough to be on a first day basis? Absolutely. <laughs> um, she plays Bernice Novak, but I just call her Murphy Brown. She's basically playing Murphy Brown in this movie. <laughs> I know her from um, the show with Denny Craig, Granny Crane. And I tried to say Jenny Craig and Denny Crane <laughs> at the same time. What was that show? The uh, Practice? The Practice. Mm-hmm. I kept trying to say Private Practice just now, and I knew that wasn't it, because that's that the Grey spinoff. But then that's the only thing I could come up with. So she was in Murphy Brown, Sweet Home Alabama, and Miss Congeniality. Oh, yeah. She um, was in Miss Congeniality. Yeah. Then we have Sunny Bringus. Um, she plays the younger version of May, like, the stepdaughter. Bring us a glass of wine, because it's going to be a like, long night. Bring us a glass of wine. It's already been a long night. Yes. Right. Um, she, you may know her from Fuller, Fuller House, House if you've ever watched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she plays Ramona. And she was also an instant mom. And then Seychelles Gabriel, she plays the older version of May. Um, she was in The Last Airbender, The Spirit, and Falling Skies. I love, oh, she was the voice act. Oh, she was the voice actress and the, what? So she's in The Legend of Korra, which was a spinoff of the cartoon, The Last Airbender. But she was also, I think, Katara in The um, Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah. Four. Aaron, this yeah, it deserves a celebration. Four out of five. That, yeah. Cheers to you, my friend. Sony. Sony. Sonny. What's her name? Bring us Sunny, some wine. Bring us some champagne. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make a really good pun, except I don't know how to say your name. Oh, man. So close. Anyways, our Pornhub or TV this week is brought to us by Paz Vega, the one actress you don't know. She was in a movie called Sex and Lucia. Go. Sex and Lucia um, is about a female devil known as Lucia instead of Lucifer. Lucia um, comes into human form and walks into an all-boys Catholic high school. And I will let you figure out the rest from there. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, this is actually a movie I would think would be made already. I bet that's a real movie somewhere. Oh, I'm sure you can search it up on the old Pornhub. I refuse to search that one up. <laughs> <laughs> Lucia is a young waitress in a restaurant in the center of Madrid. After the loss of her longtime boyfriend, a writer, she seeks refuge on a quiet, secluded Mediterranean island. There, bathed in an atmosphere of fresh air and dazzling sun, Lucia begins to discover the dark corners of her past relationship, as if they were forbidden passages of a novel, which the author now, from afar, allows her to read. That yeah, I don't know. I just read tell the me anything. I know you'll have to watch the movie. I know. I'm just trying to figure out how like discovering yourself is like a novel. The author's just now allowing you to read. I didn't write the story. I know. I just I'm, not, I'm not asking you to clarify that. I'm just asking you to clarify in general. Um, I can't. Or um, let's get on making that my version of the Sex and Lucia movie. Okay. Like, we'll direct it. 
the Unborn Award for Malcolm's Uh, well, I was going to. I'm Lucia. Oh, I mean, good for you then. I will direct from behind the camera. Thank you. I told um, you today, I have two settings. I am the most attractive person on this planet and everyone's lucky to get to look at me. Or I'm a lump of y- lard. And today, I am the absolute most attractive human being who's ever lived. Good on you. Okay. <laughs> We open on a rich blonde lady in an all-white outfit, walking her all-white dog on a white leash through a marble lobby, while everyone stops to stare at her. Could they have found any other way to show someone was rich? No. <laughs> nope. There's no way. She gets to a desk, and the guy's like, uh, I'm, I'm... Are you burning your house down? What the <laughs> <Always>. hell? <laughs> I have to light a candle. Okay, okay. To pray over. <laughs> After that movie I just tried to make. <laughs> yeah. Santa's gonna bring you a Bible for Christmas. Um she goes to the desk and the guy bumbles, Oh, I'm 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 so sorry, Mrs. Novak, but uh, dogs aren't really uh, allowed inside the bank. And she just says, Oh, he's so little, he won't bother anyone. I just wanna get into my box. And then she pulls the key to her safety deposit box out of her cleavage. Um, I would love to be rich enough to have something in a safety deposit box. Same. <laughs> um, so the guy, after staring for a little bit too long, lets her go, um, into the room with the dog. Um, she goes into the box and she's emptying all the cash inside of it into her purse to Ocean's Eleven music playing in the background. Oh, good. Um, when the bank, Yeah. Remind me that I need to tell you about Ocean's Eleven later in my notes. I'm going to put it in my notes while you're talking. Okay. So um, the bank manager comes in to interrupt her because she's actually not allowed to take anything out of the box because she's not on the signature card and her husband needs to be with her. But she waves him off and says her husband will send over the card as soon as he wakes up from his nap and then she leaves. Okay. Which you have to be a rich lady to say that and then actually get to walk out the door of the bank. Right. <laughs> um, but he then, he definitely won't be calling later because we cut to a shot of feet in a morgue and Rob Lowe voiceover is that that's him and he's real dead. I hope that that's in fact a direct line. It is. <laughs> Hi, I'm Rob Lowe. That's me and I'm real dead. <laughs> He says it's probably better to take it back to the beginning, and we flash back to young Ben growing up in the Fountain Blue Hotel in Miami, Florida. Young Ben runs through the kitchen in a white dinner coat and a cape. They run through the celebrity clientele of the hotel, including Sinatra, Elvis, and James Bond. And I assume he's referring to Sean Connery since James Bond is not a real person. Um, he's not? <laughs> no. No, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> that look, I was starting to right. wonder. Did you know, though, that... So, this is what I've always heard. I don't know if there's actual truth to it, but Roald Dahl, the children's book author, was a real-life James Bond, and the reason he wrote children's books when he retired from his service as a spy is because he didn't want to hurt people the way he did, but he basically would like sleep with secretaries for information and then give it to the British government. Oh, spies live a hard life, let me tell you. Um, oh, also, JFK and Maryland stayed there in adjoining rooms. Candles. 
Mm-hmm. And then he's a teenager and he's really into comic books, especially Batman. And then he's an older teenager and he's playing poker with strippers like you do. Like you do. That's the natural progression. And then he's James an adult. Bond, Batman, stripper poker. Yeah. And then he's an adult getting a lap dance. Casual. That's the, I mean, and then comes Martyr. I mean, that was written in the stars. There's a very questionable striptease by a woman dressed entirely in leather, which looks very uncomfortable. But that's none of my business. It's Narcy. That is not a name. Is the worst name ever. And <laughs> I call I have called it Narky in my head the entire time. <laughs> this striptease is not sexy at all. It's almost angry. <laughs> But she throws her bra at Ben and then bends over backwards and shows him her boobs. And I was like, does Lifetime have a separate late night channel I didn't know about? Because you see a lot of boob. Not not nipple, I'm but saying, a lot you of can boob. show everything but nipple. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's in love, obviously. Well, right. Um, I'm sorry. Sh- Angry sti- strip tease followed by everything but nipple. That's yeah, the makings I mean, of true love. That's, that's love potion number nine right there. Update my hinge profile. <laughs> Um, she comes back to get her bra and he offers to buy her a drink and then asks her name. She says her name is Kitty, but he rolls his eyes and says, what's your name when you have clothes on? (laughs) Oh, oh, I forgot. I forgot because I was going to say this at the top. This entire movie is my edit of the week. Yes. The whole thing. This was a masterpiece this knocks Jody Arias off the top spot. Oh, man. It's that good. Oh, man. I've got to watch this one. This whole movie is my edit of the week because it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, um, so, anyway, she responds that he'll, she'll never, he'll never find out her name in a place like this. So, he's like, okay, well, then let's leave. But she says no and then drinks his drink and walks away. And I was like, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> then she stops and catches his eye and then starts to give another guy a lap dance while like locked eyes with Ben, which is kind of God, creepy. that's so romantic. <laughs> I mean, creepy. That's the one I was going to go for. <laughs> ben voiceovers that her name was Narcissa something something, Narcy for short, and she was his princess, his damsel in distress, and he watches her give this dude a lap dance. Weird flex guy, but okay. Uh, <laughs> He says she was like crack and he had to have her. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> I have no doubts. Um, he said every time he went to see her at the club, it was like crazy floor play. And I was like, dude, that's not what floor, floor play is. But I mean, okay. Okay. When More you're rich and you've already gone through the Batman phase, Foreplay is very different. Oh, he's still in the Batman phase. But... I know. I know the <laughs> truth. <laughs> there are more gratuitous lap dances in little to no clothing. And then we cut to Narcy's home and her daughter is making her food. Um, and they dance around the fact that she's a stripper. Narcy calls it the restaurant and her daughter smarts off to her about it. Narcy <laughs> says everything she does, she does for her daughter. She comments that a nice guy has been coming in and wants to date her. And her daughter says... Uh, mom, nice guys don't go in that kind of restaurant. <laughs> I like the daughter. Mm-hmm, I do too. 
and we cut to Narcy at work again. Some dude tries to assault her in the parking lot, and here comes Ben slash Batman in his badass car. He jumps out of the car, pulls the guy off of her, and yells, if you ever bother her again, I'll kill you. And then um, there's not like he whisks a... her away in his Batmobile. Is it an actual Batmobile? Not this one, but he has one. I know he it. does. I was just hoping he drove <laughs> it in the film. He does. I've now decided um, to call this a film and not a movie just to show you how classy it is. Good for you. He <laughs> takes her to where he keeps his actual replica of the Batmobile. And I guess when you have enough money to have the second largest Batman memorabilia collection in the world, the obsession goes from kind of weird to super hot because Narcy is impressed. Um, okay, I want to know what collection of things a guy could have that would make you automatically want to marry him. What fandom would turn Collection you on that of- much? Oh, there is no fandom that would turn me on that much. <laughs> Are you sure? How about a collection of $100 bills? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite collection, yes. Mm, There's yeah. so many people with that on display. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he shows her Catwoman's whip. And she breaks the overhead light with it, leaving Ben in the dark. Then she turns on the Batmobile lights and strips with the whip. <laughs> on a conveniently placed bale of hay. You don't keep a bale of hay next to your Batmobile? No! That's the Batmobile. (laughs) (laughs) That was really bad, but I'll give it to you. Um, And he watches her strip. So she turns around, lifts up her skirt, and says, what are you waiting for, Batman? And we see a blue flame coming from the Batmobile, and then we cut to them having breakfast, so I guess they did it. God. <laughs> this movie was a cinematic masterpiece and why it did not win an Oscar I will never know <laughs> um, he asks her to quit his quit her job and let him take care of her she says um, they haven't even been on a date yet and he's like this isn't a date <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's a fair question and so she says she has a daughter and he says he loves he loves kids and he has 5000 toys and nobody to play with so then he takes them all out on the yacht. Cash. Cash. <laughs> Ooh, maybe a collection of yachts. That oh, would I, get me. Through. Okay. The yacht fandom. <laughs> <laughs> but only if they have punny names. <laughs> I saw a yacht that on Twitter somebody had circled the name and posted it because it was Gentleman's Relish. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, May, the daughter, is unimpressed so she and Ben have a heart-to-heart. He bets her some comic book that's worth half a million dollars that he'll stay with her mom. Okay. I, cool. I don't know that betting with children is the answer, but especially something you like do five thousand dollars. Um, ben introduces um, them to his mom, Murphy Brown. Murphy Brown ignores Narcy and definitely doesn't like her, but she likes May. So Narcy snarks about her 
in Spanish and Murphy turns to the housekeeper and in Spanish says that they'll have dinner ready soon. (laughs) This is something that I have always wanted to do to someone, which like, granted, not enough to actually learn Spanish, but still like, I really want to do that someday because I have coworkers who talk to each other in Spanish, like over the top of me and it drives me insane. And just, I have always wanted to be able to like interject and be like, you know? (laughs) So I used to be fluent in Spanish. Um, When I was in the second grade, they put me in the ESL class because they were Mm -hmm. out of room in all the other classes. So I picked up Spanish with my friends and I spoke in it for a long time. I've just lost people to talk in so I can still read it very well, but speaking is a lot harder for me now. Um, But whenever I was working at Walmart, that would happen and people would talk about me under their breath and I would Mm -hmm. just clap back as fast as possible. And the look on their faces is the absolute most gratifying thing for Petty Paul. It's literally on my bucket list. Yeah. I want to do it. Um, so Murphy Brown casually points out the piano that was a gift from Frank Sinatra. And then sends Narcy out to look at the pool and says to Ben, we can make this meeting short if you're paying by the hour. Oh, my God. And we cut to Narcy and Ben fighting later about his mom. She screams through the closed door. Where was Batman when Murphy Brown was being such a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> That is a sentence that I wish had actually been uttered. (laughs) She must be his kryptonite or something. And Ben's like, oh my God, that's Superman. (laughs) (laughs) You uncultured swine. Then threatens to break down the door if she doesn't open it. Then he tries to break down the door, but he just hurts his foot. (laughs) (laughs) Like you do. So he just proposes instead. Oh, that's what I do when doors beat me too. They get married, and there are balloons and Hooters waitresses passing out wings and champagne. I have no response for this. I just updated my dream wedding. Um, (laughs) Collection of yachts and Hooters girls. I know exactly how to get to your heart now. I will tell my single friends. Oh, and of course, you can't forget balloons. Were they like classy, like the clear champagne colored balloons? Or were they just like, like you're at a kid's carnival? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Yeah, at this point, I was like, I really can't. And neither can Murphy Brown. She is appalled. Um, Ben tells May they're going to be a family, which is kind of sweet. And they cheers to quote the Novaks. And then Narcy comes over to introduce Ben to her brother, who is not a fan. Um, so Narcy, or I'm sorry, Ben, Narcy, and uh, May all go to comic book conventions. They fish on the yacht. Narcy shops. Ben drives the Batmobile and says everything was great and they were living the American dream ish. And then we see Ben waking up and casually doing some lines of cocaine before heading out for the day in the Batmobile. That is the the American dream. Like you do. I mean, when he comes home and I just, why do rich rich people have glass front doors? I have wondered that too. Are you trying to live in an office building? I don't get it. I just never have on pants in my house. So what I don't need is everyone to be able to look in. I just like to occasionally close all the windows and doors and lock everything and just hide from the world. And I can't do that if everything's made out of glass. Yeah, I like your answer much better than just, I don't wear pants. I've got someone right now, just in case you're wondering. I'm not saying what I wear and what I don't wear. (laughs) Um, Ben brings Narcy diamonds from his trip 
to thank her for putting up with, quote, a workaholic, hot-tempered, sex-crazed husband. Thank you for wanting all my money. Yep. Narcy tries to initiate sexy time, but Ben's like, just eat a quick shower, bye, and then runs upstairs. You know, like you do. So she's doing his laundry and finds a woman's phone number in his pocket and goes upstairs to confront him. She asks who Cindy is while twirling a wet towel in her hand and then pops him right in his Batman boxer briefs with it. Like he's in the locker room? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. They get in a fight. She throws plates at him and he apologizes for being such an ass. She then picks up a pool ball off the table and throws it at his head and is shocked when it connects and he starts bleeding. She's like, oh, my God. And she apologizes profusely. Batman would have dodged that. (laughs) He calls her the craziest bitch he's ever met. Hashtag romance. Um, May is older now and she works at his office and Murphy Brown comes in for a visit visit murphy says she's worried about ben and they run into narcy she pulls him away and apologizes saying she just wants them to be happy they kiss and then he bites her she bites his tongue like when they kiss and then walks away um and now it's time for sex tips from paul don't fucking do that that's weird look i'm not gonna kink shame some people like to be bitten bitten yeah, bitten is correct. Bitten? And like some people like to be bitten. Not opposed to that, but not my tongue. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, like biting is a thing and I get it, but biting a tongue is like a weird act of aggression. Yeah, it, that's the thing she was doing in this act of aggression. <laughs> um so um he voiceovers that maybe his mom was right, but nobody understood how much she turned him on. So maybe it was a kink thing for him. <laughs> maybe, in fact, the aggression was the kink thing. Like, maybe men of Narcy- power like to be knocked down. Yeah, Narcy and Ben meet with a guy they're doing some kind of something for. And Narcy flirts with him in Spanish. He asks her out, also in Spanish. And all, the whole while, Ben is sitting there just bumbling around, eating an icy, saying that his Spanish is no good. But he can answer any questions the guy may have. <laughs> but Narcy just, like... Puts her hand on his chest and is like, I've got this. And leaves with, with the guy. The client guy. Okay. Um, ben follows them just in time to see them speed off in a sports car. So he goes back upstairs and Murphy Brown has collapsed in the lobby spilling her coffee. Oh, shit. Ben yells to call for help. And then looks up to see a bottle of color safe bleach sitting on the counter. Murphy foams at the mouth and we cut to Narcy swimming naked because why not? Um, Ben is standing at the edge of the pool and he tells her that Murphy is in the hospital and asks her point blank if she poisoned his mother. Narcy, if she didn't do it, is understandably offended. So she goes upstairs and starts packing a bag. But Ben stops her by breaking things against the wall like you do. Right. Um, Narcy yells that shit happens and that bitch has been poisoning him against her since they met and then storms to the safe. But Ben has changed the codes. She demands her money and Ben says, it's my money, bitch. And then they have, they proceed to have the most poorly staged slap fight in all of TV. (laughs) Worse than any telenovela I've ever seen. He voiceovers that this should have been the end and he probably should have walked away. We see him sleeping and someone walks in with a bag and a baseball bat, throws the bag over his head 
uses the handcuffs and ropes in the bedside table drawer to restrain him and then drag him down to the safe. Not a fan of that. They get to the combination from him and over at his office, Ben's late for a meeting and May can't reach him. So the annoyed businessmen all leave. May goes to hit the house to check on him and finds him beat to hell. Um, He's being questioned by the police and they ask him how much money was stolen. He says about $370,000. And the cop says, that's a lot of money. Ben looks up through his swollen eyes and says, yeah, I have a lot of money. <laughs> um, by the way, Elliot is in and he's enjoying a toy. So They question Narcy, who immediately admits that she orchestrated the attack, but she didn't steal anything. She took it. She's going to bring it back. And Ben won't press charges either. Because she pulls a bag out of or box out of her bag and shows opens it to show Ben in different compromising sexual positions and basically sits in the police officer's lap and says, To keep it interesting, you have to push it a little bit further sometimes. Oh, that's not how I want to be pushed. Look, I'm all for exploring boundaries and stuff, but that's a little bit far. I don't want to be hit with a baseball bat ever. Um <laughs> That's a hard no for me. Right. Um, Ben's attorney tries to get him to press charges, and Ben says that Narcy was just mad, and this is all fine. His face is like swollen to twice its normal size right. during all this. Right. MBD. Um, his attorney says he doesn't want to read about Ben in the paper, and his face looks like a punching bag. Then he calls Narcy a gold digging whore, to which Ben takes great offense. Um. Narcy comes home later and seduces Ben out of being mad about the two guys beating him nearly to death. So everything's fine. She says that she can't leave him any more than he can leave her. And then she handcuffs him and they have sex. Okay. Ben tells Murphy Brown that the heart wants what it wants and they're both a little crazy. Murphy Brown says they both need help. And Ben especially needs a hostage negotiator. (laughs) (laughs) Narcy is going through his stuff and finds something she doesn't like. And we cut to Ben coming home and searching for her. She comes out of a room in the basement with a gun pointed at his head and pushes him into the room where the hot water heater is. And I'm like, oh, shit. But then she calls in a bunch of scantily clad women to come in and presumably have sex with him while he says that she's the greatest wife ever. Either I'm not kinky enough or or I didn't know really regular people were doing this is what I'm getting at. So I'm pretty kinky, <clears throat> but I'm not that kinky. <laughs> so regular people aren't doing that. Okay. No. Because so, I'm um, not ashamed to admit I'm a little stunted, but I didn't think I was that stunted. <laughs> and we cut to Murphy. This is the weirdest shit I've ever seen. Murphy Brown is making herself several martinis. She dances with a fur coat in her driveway and then rolls or her she pulls her vintage rolls royce into the garage she turns to the coat that she laid on the passenger seat and says that was wonderful wasn't it (laughs) (laughs) but someone comes up behind her with a wrench and beats her in the head with it so i'm gonna say no not quite so wonderful the murder scene would have been super graphic if once again it wasn't so poorly staged um 
so the guy, the murderer gets in a car and tells his, like his getaway driver, it's done. But then we cut to Murphy Brown crawling through her house, trying to get to the phone. So don't pat yourself on the back just yet, buddy. Right. But then we cut to the next morning and she's in a body bag. So they did kill her, just not very well. At the scene, police ask Ben if Murphy was maybe having a party because there were four martini glasses and an empty bottle of white wine. Because Murphy knew how to throw down. Well, I mean, if it's going to be your last night, you might as well go out with a bang. For real. Narcy speeds into the driveway and runs up to him. They have her funeral at the Fountain Blue Hotel where Ben places her ashes. He goes to the crime scene and just walks in, you know. Right. Like you do. He's looking around and the detective comes in to say that they've ruled her death an accident. Right. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten totally shwasted and beaten myself with a wrench. (laughs) I was was about to ask because, I mean, at least twice a week for me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, about twice a week. It happens, you know. Every time we record. That's how that's how we finish a recording. Just we each get a wrench and we go to town. (laughs) So Ben installs a complete security system in his house while Narcy uh, watches and whisks a bowl angrily. He asks the creepy collector dude he usually gets his comic books from where he can also buy a gun and the collector dude conveniently keeps them in the back of his own shop. So that doesn't he surprise me. Patrolling his own neighborhood with the gun and a bullhorn, making sure all the visitors are moving through quickly enough. <laughs> That's not very Batman of you. He moves and he in the also night. snorts all the cocaine. <laughs> Just all of it. All the cocaine. Um, He starts acting like some kind of neighborhood vigilante, but like a really bad one. Um, He starts picking up sex workers again, and it turns out he's not the only person stalking people because Narcy is also stalking him. But who's stalking her? Stockception. (laughs) They show him having sex with the woman he picked up, and he's wearing a bulletproof vest. Don't kink shame. <laughs> no, at this point, he's just paranoid because he's like, this has to stay on. <laughs> um, like the people who insist on wearing their socks. That's a thing. No, <laughs> I will not have sex with anyone that's wearing socks. Sorry about it. Okay. Never. Okay, but what's your over under on bulletproof vests? Nah, whatever. <laughs> I don't kink shame, but the socks gotta go. Um, seriously, I will. I will stop. Mm-mm. I can't do it. Do you know how stupid you look naked except socks? I think that's when I look the sexiest. I'm, my ankles are the ugliest part of me, so I just have to keep them covered. Oh, gosh. So Ben goes to the hotel and crazies about the security there, asking how they know his briefcase isn't a bomb. <laughs> I, I don't know. Haven't you ever walked in and asked, how do you know I'm not carrying a bomb? No, but he does own the hotel, so he doesn't get arrested. Um... <laughs> He tells May he wants to make sure she can take care of the business if something happens to him. And so he wants to officially adopt her, even though she's, like, older now. Which I think was really sweet. Right. But then Sinister Music plays and Narcy walks in. She sees them hugging and she is not happy. May runs up to her mom and hugs her because she's so excited about how they'll be a real family now. Oh, Later, Narcy is being all seductive and Ben voiceovers that maybe he was a sucker who deserved it, but she, he really thought eventually love would win out. And then Narcy takes off his bulletproof vest and we cut to a shot of her phone with an incoming text from her brother. 
We see two guys in black suits get into the elevator, one with a face tattoo. Okay. And then cut back to Narcy, who is quietly getting dressed. The two guys come into sleeping Ben's room and cover his face with a pillow and then beat him with hand weights. They're like from like, the gym. These like we- murder weapons are very, this is like the off brand of Clue is what it sounds like they're playing. <laughs> this totally. Is, this is like Jinkies, the off brand of Clue, where your options are a, a, a wrench, a computer mouse, hand weights, or a hydro flask. <laughs> he falls out of bed and Narcy comes out from behind a curtain to watch. He asks why, and she flips out and has the guys tape his mouth shut. Then she says Ben didn't want a wife, just someone to act out his fantasies, but this isn't a fantasy. It's who they are. And then the guy who killed his mother stabs him in both eyeballs with a knife, and that was entirely too graphic. Wow. Yeah, that's too much. It was really gross. Um, Narcy. Oh, no. Um, then the guys set a dumpster fire um, before leaving with Narcy's brother, who's driving the car. Narcy goes downstairs and she tells the hotel manager that Ben was up all night working and he's still sleeping. May tells her that they need to bend downstairs because they're going to start letting people in soon for whatever they're doing. So they, she goes back up to the room, lets herself in, and starts screaming her head off. She cries to the police while Ben voiceovers that it was all, quote, a little much. <laughs> Um, a police lady says that it's weird that someone would pass over a $30,000 Rolex just to kill this dude. Um, May tells the police her dad gave her some cash for the hotel safe. While they're talking, Nancy tries to, Narcy, Nancy, whatever her name is, tries <laughs> to sneak out. But the detective catches her and says that they want to assign her officers because of the brutality of the crime. She puts on a good show and asks if she's in any danger. And then gets herself a police escort who she then makes do things like hold her purse and hold the dog. <laughs> God. Is it the Can white dog imagine? from the beginning? Yeah. Okay. It is. It's Murphy Brown's dog. I don't like that. She dyes her hair blonde and we get the opening scene again at the bank while detectives work up a case. She throws parties and the Ocean 11, Ocean's Eleven music is back. May is walking to her car from work one day, and the detective stops her in the garage and says he wants to ask her some question. questions. He walks her through the police station and into a room with two-way glass, looking into another room where Narcy is taking a polygraph test. The detective says Narcy has taken the test three times now and has failed all three. But polygraphs aren't admissible in Florida. May goes to her mom's house where her mom is drinking champagne in the backyard while a masseuse sets up a table and may rips her a new one narcy chases her out of the driveway with a crowbar and smashes her windshield and then calls her own daughter a bitch okay um well my mom's called me that before so (laughs) the police are starting to make connections when may comes in to talk to them after you know being attacked with a crowbar by her mother um The detective shows her photos and she picks out the glasses that her mom said belonged to her at the crime scene. She says, Versucci, those are fake. And quote, the only fake things in my mother are on her chest. (laughs) So Nursey gets served because um, May is freezing their assets and her brother shows up because Nursey is not playing a good or grieving widow very convincingly. Um, Nursey tells her brother to take care of May. 
Um, meanwhile, the detectives take down one of the accomplices who has a photo of May in his pocket, and he says that they asked him to kill her, but he didn't want to do it, especially since Narcy hasn't even paid them for the last hit they did for her. God, ungrateful. Detective sends his partner to find May ASAP. Um, she's the last person in the office, and the police are speeding her way while calling her, but of course she doesn't answer. Um she does get a little freaked out, so she leaves the office. She's walking to her car and is attacked by someone with a crowbar. It's the face tattoo guy. But May saw him coming and smashes him in the face with her purse, which my purse is varying degrees of a, a deadly weapon at any point in time. Oh, that's the fifth murder weapon in Jinkies. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Depending on what I'm carrying around, I could probably hurt you pretty uh, badly yeah. with my purse. <laughs> In fact, it's very specific. It's Tuesday purse. Okay. Yeah. Monday purse is a little bit heavier, but Tuesday purse is not so bad. <laughs> a fight ensues and May really kicks his ass. She's like scratching at his face and finally the cop shows up and arrests him. And we cut the to The cop Lester shows Bolt. up and he's like, we did all the work for you. You are so <laughs> lucky. And we cut to Lester Holt telling the story. We flash through police reports. Um, Narcy's getting ready to go out when the police surround her home and arrest her. Then voiceovers that Catwoman wanted everything and Batman only wanted Catwoman. Um, Narcy's arrested. We see her walking outside the courthouse, smiling in her orange prison garb. Then we cut to a video of her and Ben on their first trip on the yacht. On the yacht. And the ending credit says, Narcy Novak was arrested for the murder of her husband, Ben Novak Jr., and mother-in-law, Murphy Brown. She was sentenced to life in prison without parole. Her brother, Christabel Valise, was also sentenced to life in prison. Ben Novak's fortune is expected to go to his stepdaughter, May, but the estate remains in probate to this day. The end. Wow. That was a wild ride. In kind of the best way. Like, we haven't had a movie this good in a long time. It was really good. And by really good, I mean absolutely absurd. <laughs> but not like shitty absurd. Like No, but that was that's what makes like a really good Lifetime movie is it's absolutely absurd. Right. All right. Well, I wish mine had more absurdity in it. But, um, yeah, I don't have that luxury. So this is the murders of... Bernice and Ben Novak. I went blank on his Murphy Brown? Yep. Um, And as I mentioned at the top, one of my sources is called Sex Voodoo and the Murder of Hotel Heir Ben Novak by Anita Singh from The Telegraph. Um, The uh, Murderpedia article, Narcy Novak. um, Ben Novak and the Murders of Bernice and Ben Novak on Wikipedia. And then Mm -hmm. finally, from TrueTV.com, of all places, um, the the glamorous life and grisly death of Ben Novak Jr. Okay. And that is by a reporter named Trisha Romano. And um, she is the one who gave me the most information. So shout out to her for all 12 pages of research I came up with. <laughs> uh, and I'm just going to read it verbatim. So uh, buckle up. It's going to be a three hour episode. Now. Okay, bye. I'm going to go. <laughs> just, just like episode one all over again. That's okay. I think I'm still editing episode one. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, Ben Novak Jr. was 53 when he was murdered. He was an entrepreneur and millionaire in Florida. 
Um, and he was murdered on July in July of 2009. Um, okay. He had grown up uh, as part of one of Florida's most famous and rich families. He was the son of Ben Novak, who was a um, hotelier. And um, he built the... Did I say it right? I was like, you I'm, I'm Nailed not a panic. It. You did, for real. Um, he... Um, he owned the Fountain Blue Hotel in South Miami Beach, where Frank Sinatra, Esther Williams, and Marilyn Monroe had all stayed. Um, mm-hmm. It was built in the 1950s, and it had 1,500 rooms. Um, mm-hmm. And its facade has actually been used in a lot of movies, such as the James Bond film, Go- James Bond film Goldfinger. Okay. Um, it also is used and this is why I told you I needed to bring it up later. Um, the view from the uh, penthouse is a panoramic panoramic shot that is used in Ocean's Eleven, the original one. Wow, how interesting. Yeah. Um and so um he actually grew up in that penthouse. That's where his family lived, which was very like old Hollywood of them um yes. to live on very property. Hard to be rich. Right. Mm-hmm. Um it had a two-story... That's my new one. A collection of hotels. There we go. It had mm. a two-story grand staircase that actually earned its place in the U.S. National Register of Historic Places. Ooh. Yeah. So, um, the the success of the hotel launched them into, like, high society. Um, his mom, Bernice, was a model. And mm-hmm. um, she had all of the training of like a formal former model and society wife. And, um, so she was the person who would like meet the dick, meet and greet the dignitaries and the celebrities and like the politicians. And she would host the very, uh, like the most famous guests to the hotel would come to her house, like to her penthouse for, um, dinner or for tea or whatever. Like she was the ultimate hostess that way. Okay. Um, his dad, Novak Sr., um, had actually had several failed ventures in real estate before he opened this small hotel in South Miami Beach during World War II. And it was the success of that little hotel that blew up into the multimillionaire uh, lifestyle because of their success with the Fountain Blue. Mm-hmm. Um, after his father died, though... Um, their family kind of fell upon hard times. The Fountain Blue wasn't doing great or they weren't marketing it well because it did great for a long time. But um, so they actually um, had to file for bankruptcy and he restarted, like started his life over. Um, This time he started a business where he helped promote like conventions and um, his biggest client was Amway. So a lot of his... Yeah, a lot of his money came from hosting these Amway conventions and, like, setting them up, um, contracting with them. Um, And, like you mentioned, um, he was a world-renowned collector of Batman memorabilia. um, And he owned not a replica of the Batmobile, but an actual Batmobile used in the filming of one of the movies. Of course. Yep. Okay. Um, so then I loved this quote from the True TV article that said, later in his 30s, Ben Novak Jr. did what many rich, idle men in resort areas do. He married a former stripper. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I would, shade, though. I would like to say that, um, 
in the in the tradition of sexist news reporting, she is referred to as a former stripper in every article. Like it's mm. it's not like in the headlines even. It's not like this woman was a monster who killed her husband, which might be the thing that I would lead with. Instead, it's like former stripper kills rich husband. And so they're immediately trying to paint this dichotomy of people. Yeah. Um, so, um, I'll come back to that. Okay, no, I'm going to just go in the order of this. So on the weekend of July 12, 2009, Novak had gone up to New York for business. Um, mm-hmm. he, his company was called Conventions Concepts Unlimited. And he ran it from his house in Fort Lauderdale, but he would have to often go to like the conventions to oversee the events that he was putting together. So on July 10th, he flew into Newark international airport. He brought his wife and her daughter may Abad um, to this Hilton in um, New York um, for an Amway conference. It was a big one. A thousand people had shown up, um, which I guess it's a lot like so the teaching convention I went to this summer that like changed my life had 4,000 people and I Mm -hmm. can't even fathom like I can't even picture that whole room in my head at one time so a thousand seems a lot more manageable after going to that but a a thousand people want to come to an Amway convention so that's saying something yeah um anyway so on July 12th according to I almost said Nancy Narky Novak's statements um, (laughs) narky um ben worked throughout the night and stayed up till dawn and then at 6 30 he finally went to bed around 7 15 she um by the way you said her name was narcissa something 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 it Mm -hmm. was narcissa siraveliz pacheco novak yep that was it that's what i meant yep i knew it Um, So she told police that she left the room to go get breakfast and the hotel security videos show her leaving the room. Okay. When she returned to the room 45 minutes later, she'd found a gruesome scene. Um, He was bound and gagged on the floor. Um, Duct tape had been used to bind his hands behind his back and his legs together around his knees. Um, he uh sorry the tape was around his knees um he had been brutally bludgeoned and then um it was later determined he may have been suffocated by a pillow um he was found face down covered in blood um by the time police arrived at 7 57 a.m he was already dead his eyes had been gouged out and uh, a murder weapon was not immediately identified by police but i'm going to guess with that much damage it's hard to figure out what the problem is besides like he did like probably yeah um so the naturally the very first suspect in the case was narky um <laughs> it seemed, it's petty and i love it it seemed too convenient to them that she left for 45 minutes and in that 45 minutes somebody came in Bound her husband, killed him, gouged his eyeballs out, and left like a thief in the night, and that she didn't see anything. I believe it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the um, like the hotel had a key card. You know, like you put the thing in, you pull it out, and that um, key card slot had not been activated while she was gone. 
Meaning the door had to, either he had to let somebody in or the door had been left open by Narky when she left. Okay. Um, and then the more she talked, the less credible she became. I Um, can't imagine why. Right. She was interviewed for over 12 hours immediately following the crime. And she said things that her, like that her husband was quote, a hard person, a strong businessman who had a tendency to make people angry. Um, and then the police even said that her, her statement seemed very calculated. Like, mm-hmm. like because she knew that people thought he was difficult to get along with. Those were the things she was going to play off of. Yeah. Um, um, let's see. The, um, Places where he'd have had to work, like the Fort Lauderdale Convention and Visitors Bureau, described him as an aggressive person and said he wanted to make sure he everyone was aware of his issues anytime there was a problem. Um, mm-hmm. His wife, um, Narky, said that in particular her husband had been hanging out and doing business with weird people lately. Um, sure. And so um, then she turned her interest on his Batman collection. Like, don't you think it's weird for a grown man to have a Batman collection? But it's like, you, you knew that going in. You married him. Um, let's see. According to her statement, a comic book collector with whom her husband had been dealing, um, had become upset during the price negotiation of a comic book especially since she had quote retrieved a bag of cash and provided the money to her husband who in turn gave it to the unknown comic book collector and left the house who left the house with the cash. So now she's pointing fingers. She's like, it was the comic book guy knew we had bags of cash. So maybe it was him. Sure. Jan. (laughs) Right. Um, And so after she pointed her fingers in a million different directions, the police were like, I think there might be something up with this one. We, <laughs> we, we might need to do some police working now. Ah, oh, damn it. So, um, Narky, um, had, had not been born rich. <laughs> Clearly she had been born in Ecuador. Um, and she was working as a stripper under the name Silvio when they met. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's see. Do, 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 do. She, um, oh, so she, her signature look was like permed bleach blonde hair and, uh, hot. Yeah. And tank tops. But once she married Rich, she like fit the role of like the quaffed tro- trophy wife, like mm-hmm. dyed her hair darker, wore business, like wore like business suits. And, uh, she yeah. actually ran her own consulting business for a while. Um, and she, uh, she, you know, was always on his business trips. Um, they had been married for 19 years whenever he died, was murdered. I don't know why I said died, like it just passively happened. Um, but they actually had kind of always been on the rocks. Um, right. In 2002, police received a call that, um, that wound them up at the Novak house they found him um, bound, gagged, and held hostage. Or that found that he'd been bound, gagged, and held hostage by several men. Um, and 
um, in the process, $370,000 of cash and material goods have been stolen from the house. Casual. Uh-huh. And then charges were never filed. And Narky was like, oh, yeah, that's our, I mean, that's our thing. Like, you've heard of BDSM. Well, we add robbery into that. <laughs> it's hot. You should try it. <laughs> um, so... A few days later, they filed for divorce, but eventually they ended up, like, eventually they ended that and stayed together. Um, at the time of, oh, I did like this. In the one of the most bizarre assertions, Narcy Novak had claimed that her husband had broken her nose and sent her to a plastic surgeon to get it fixed. When she woke up, she also had new breasts. So... <laughs> He was like, an apology for breaking your nose. I bought you boobs. I don't know if I believe that. I don't know Narcy. Um, at the time of his murder, um, he was also rumored, or not rumored, It, I think it was later actually confirmed, but um, that he was having an affair with uh, a porn actress named Rebecca Bliss. So Name your daughter that. What do you expect her to end up doing? <laughs> um owning a flower arranging shop Aaron okay so uh do, 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 do. this is all about him growing up I've already covered that um okay so um like I mentioned one of the early um fingers that she pointed happened to be uh with his world of comic books um, mm -hmm. she had said that her husband has been hanging out and doing business with weird people. One of whom he had agreed to pay $43,000 for a single comic book. Okay. Um, guys, that's too many dollars. Agreed. <laughs> if you have $43,000 to spend on a comic book, send it to me and I will hand draw you a one of a kind comic book. Hey, that's not a bad deal. Right? I just, I found my new niche. Rich there People Comics. Um, she didn't name the person, but she insisted that he often dealt in cash, her husband had often dealt in cash, carrying large amounts of cash with him on business trips. And because of the amount of cash her husband often carried, investigators wrote, Narcy advised that she could not determine if large sums of money were stolen. This reminds me of um, okay. our very first unsolved Patreon case. Remember I did the Girl Scout murders? Yeah. There was the neighbor who lived next door that was like, well, someone stole stuff from my garage, but I don't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this feels like. Aww, I'm honey. sure money was stolen, but because he always carries it around, it was probably what it was. $18 million. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Everyone um, carries that much cash, right? Right. Duh. So it took nearly a year for charges to be brought against Narcy. Um, initial reports at, said that his fortune was between six to ten million dollars. The Batman memor memorabilia um, was worth an additional estimated a million dollars and filled four separate warehouses. Okay. Like... If you have a collection that you can't just look at when you want, I don't find that to be very fun. Like, maybe it is for someone else. 
but I want to look at my things. And that's probably because I grew up poor and now I have a little bit of money. (laughs) And so I have to spread everything out where I can see it. I get that. So um, she stood to inherit a lot of money, except that Florida has a statute called the Slayer Statute in which a killer can't inherit the estate. Oh man. So, um, she almost thought of everything, right? So may Abad, her daughter, um, actually stepped in and, uh, prevented Narcy from taking over the state. Um, her, the day the will was filed, August 14th of 2009, Narcy and her daughter had a vicious fight in which Narcy contends, no, May contends, sorry, that her mother hit her with a crowbar. Ow! So this movie's actually been pretty spot on so far, is the yeah. worst part. Um, after the police were called, an investigation in the fight was launched. That's where May put a halt to Narcy getting her hands on the estate. Um, and the case dragged on until uh, February 2010. Um, the case file at the time of like Narcy being brought in actual to actually to court was mm-hmm. four inches thick. My God. And it, its contents was filled with accusations of infidelity, theft and murder. Um, so eventually this, um, this case that was to stop Narcy from getting access to the estate, uh, was dismissed by, uh, by the judge over it, but kind of on the condition that if or when Narcy was determined to be the murderer, then she would no longer have access to the estate. Okay. Um, what's interesting about all this though, is that, um, as you mentioned, Bernice, Ben's mother, um, had been found dead just three months before he was. And so she stood not only to, inherit and play around with Ben's estate, but also with Bernice's, which means she had a lot of million dollars at her disposal. Is that the official number from the court? Yeah. The court reports right, right here, here, look, I'll show you a lot of million dollars. See, (laughs) (laughs) I see it. I see it. Um, so, um, now earlier I mentioned that Bernice Novak had been a model and that she kind of worked as this first lady ambassador to the rich and famous. Mm-hmm. Um, in her youth, she'd actually been a fashion model for Salvador Dali. Okay. So not even like a, an Instagram model, like she was a model. Well, since there was no Instagram back then, but I you know what I mean. Expected her to be an Instagram. But like department yes, stores had mo- their own models for a while. It's not like she was the Fort Lauderdale J.C. Penney model. She right, right. No, I get what you mean. I'm just um, giving you shit. So she was 87 when she was found covered in blood with facial and head injuries, um, and it was originally thought that the these injuries had been the result of a series of falls. Um, the local newspaper. Rep- How do you- Die from a quote series of falls. Ask the owl. What owl? The staircase. (laughs) (laughs) No, Drew. Is it Drew Peterson? I don't know. It's one of those Petersons. Never marry someone with the last name Peterson. That's an automatic deal breaker. (laughs) You know, Scott Peterson, Michael Peterson, and Drew Peterson. Just no. Just don't do it. I, I don't care how hot he is. 
so anyway, um, some of her injuries. Oh, so the newspaper reported that she had a history of falls with the few months, like in the few months leading up to her death. Um, and some of her injuries seemed curious though, along with the blood smeared along the walls in her home. Cause you know, curiouser when you, and curiouser, <laughs> you know, when you fall downstairs, you also smear blood the whole way down. I do just so I know which way to go back up. <laughs> right. You have to. Because like I said, it's after we're recording and I'm wasted. So I, I need like you a. You have to mar- Hansel like and Gretel your way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so somehow though, none of like that didn't raise suspicion until after the son was killed. Uh, why would it? <laughs> she That's fell. Suspicious. There's blood all over the walls. <laughs> yep. Clearly an accident. Totally an accident. Um. So she was listening to Lifetime Sentence again. <laughs> her, um, right. Her sister had urged the police to look more closely in the matter, but the county coroner, who um, was widely respected because he handled the high-profile Anna Nicole Smith case, ruled it accidental. Well, we all know that that was an open and shut. <laughs> right. Easily solved. Short day at the office. Jesus. Okay. Someone needed to probably look at that corner a little closer. (laughs) Um, A little tiny bit. So he was like, nah, it's an accident. So the police didn't look for any DNA at all. (laughs) Why would you? Again, why would you? Um, So nearly a year after the murder of Ben Novak Jr., the FBI released a statement that sorry that alleged a conspiracy to kidnap and kill novak okay the team of people four later growing to five crossed state lines to new york to do the deed and authorities maintained that the power behind it was all narcy novak so at the time sorry i laughed because at the time it was considered this far-flung conspiracy that like this could never happen but the fbi was like hey guys what if just go with me for a second. What if it was the wife? Sounds crazy, I know, but just <laughs> just bear with me. Let me get through my whole train of thought here. What if it was the wife? <laughs> anyone? Anyone? Bueller? No? Okay. It's some guy in the back's like, I bet it was Ed McMahon. It's actually me. Steve Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, the um, director in charge of the FBI New York field office stated the killing of Ben Novak was not a spur of the moment crime of passion. It was the end Nuh-uh. game of a of considerable planning. So you mean she didn't just what tipped you off like the the <laughs> the eye gouging? That's probably the eye gouging. The however many million dollars? How many million was it again? A lot of millions. A lot of millions. The a lot of million dollars. <laughs> The eye gouging, the accidental death of his mother three months before. Like, what tipped you off that this might have been a murder? Anybody? He's probably just like, "Mm, it's because she was a stripper. That's the thing that did it for him. Sure. You know what? At this point, I'll give it to you, buddy. (laughs) Any way you can flex those brain muscles is a good... Listen, cops are so bad in many of our cases that the fact that they did anything is like... You know what? The fact that they figured it out at all is a miracle. (laughs) So I'll give you this one, Miami. Sometimes I think Joe Kidd is the only one who exists. Oh, Joe Kidd. 
anyway, so, um, later, um, the indictment would show that it was alleged that Narcy drove from Florida with her brother, Cristobal, to New York to scout the Hilton Hotel where they were staying for the event. Can her parents get some jail time for naming their kids <laughs> Narcy and Cristobal? <laughs> what the fuck is that? Um, they returned again on July 9th, but then there were other suspected conspirators as well. Also, I'm not a, like a geography expert, but I feel like a trip from Florida to New York to scout this out like a, a road trip is a really long road trip. I don't like my brothers enough to be in the car with them that long road trip. Yeah. I don't like anyone in my family <laughs> enough to be in the car with them that long. Um, so in July of that year, um, the attorney U S attorney's office named two additional suspects, Joel Gonzalez and Dennis Ramirez. Ramirez was the father of, um, So, sorry, Ramirez was like, um, hold on, I'll find his name, Cristobal's son-in-law. Okay. So they're keeping it in the family. Um, so the indictment, um, described Ramirez as the man who drove Gonzalez and an unnamed conspirator to the hotel. So they, uh, alleged that there were five people who were in on this, um, mm-hmm. Ramirez cont- uh, also drove them to the hotel the day of the crime, uh, and that they were let into the room by Narky, who gave them a pillow to suffocate her husband. <laughs> the day after the announcement, I'm sorry, I can't stop. <laughs> the day after the announcement, um, Dennis Ramirez, who was the son-in-law, turned himself in. Okay, and. Um, six months later, he entered a guilty plea to the charges of domestic violence and conspiracy, and he confirmed that he had driven the fifth unnamed conspirator and Gonzalez to the crime. Okay. That fifth person turned out to be Alejandro Gutierrez Garcia, who was 33, mm-hmm. um, and his name did not appear in the papers for a long time, so it was believed that he was actually cooperating with authorities. Um. He, it was reported that he had uh, pleaded guilty and then had taken some kind of plea deal. Okay. Um, according to America's Most Wanted, a break in the case came through an anonymous letter mailed to the Miami Springs Police Department. Mm-hmm. Um, the police told America's Most Wanted that they believed the letter writer was a religious person who might have been a family member and who had knowledge of the crime. So okay. when I first read that, I thought they meant like it was a priest who they'd confessed to. But now I think just like Nana with her rosary felt guilty and submitted this letter. Probably. Okay. Um, so one of you, the Nana. police told the Miami Herald, what we found interesting in the letter is there were names in it at the time we were not aware of. And as we did our own investigation, we found that information to be true. So the letter also urged urged investigators to take a closer look at Bernice Novak's death. So okay. it wasn't even the police who were like, hey, let's investigate Bernice Novak. It was like this howler from um, Mama Weasley that told them what to do. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So 
bright side, whenever you have this many people involved in a crime, do you know what always happens? They all start snitching on each other. They all start snitching on each other. And that's exactly... Listen, the only secret you can keep is the one you have with yourself. Like, that is 100% the truth. 100%. Um, So, Ramirez pleaded guilty um, and gave details about the crime. Um, The bracelet that had gone missing from Ben's arm, they discovered that he was missing some jewelry, uh, had been given to Gonzalez. He turned himself in a few days after the charges were announced. Uh, it was later reported that because he'd shown up in court for a status conference in February, it was anticipated that he was cooperating and pleaded guilty. Um, the prosecutor, Elliot Jacobson, also said in court in February 2011 that Ramirez admitted to being the driver to a, quote, violent robbery and taking $100 to do the job. They gave that guy a hundred bucks. I don't think it was for Ben Novak's. I think it was another one, but still. Oh, like all the allotted million dollars they gave him a hundred dollars. So he said he had not gone inside. Um, He pleaded guilty to charges of conspiracy and domestic violence charges, contended that it was Belize who had organized the trips at the behest of his sister. So that it was down to Cristobal and Narky. Um, Cell phone, <laughs> cell phone <laughs> records later alleged uh, allegedly revealed that all suspects were present at the hotel at the time of the murder. I, it's like, hey, let's walk through this hotel all together. <laughs> Nobody will know it's us. They I watched don't... Ocean's Eleven and they wanted to do everything wrong after that. Right. Um, okay. Speaking of, do you know how much I loved the Sandra Bullock Ocean's movie? I want another one oh, with I... her. I loved it. A lot of people that I know didn't like it. And I think that you kind of have to have an appreciation for like, act, for like jewels and like the clothes and everything uh-huh. or else you don't like it. Because if you don't understand like that world, right. which I do, like I keep up with that world pretty consistently. If you don't understand that thing, you don't know like how big of a deal like it all is. Like the Met Gala is a huge oh, yeah. thing. And Yeah. But, oh, man, I love that movie. I will watch it anytime it's on. So yeah. good. Like, I, to the point that I'm going to buy it digitally, and I keep thinking that. Just so I, I have can... it on DVD, and then now I have not. I can't figure out how to make my DVD player work, so that's a thing that happened. Oh, it, there's a power button. It's a circle with a line on it. Thanks, Dad. You're welcome. Um, so, anyway, um, the court appearances of all of the friends revealed all the, like, gruesome details Prosecutors mm-hmm. allege that Gonzalez had killed Novak with a set of dumbbells. Dumbbells? I'm straight up from Texas today. Yeah, dumbbells. While Gutierrez and uh, Gutierrez Garcia, who pleaded guilty, was uh, cut the millionaire's eyes out and Narky watched. No, no, no. I needed that to not really happen. That was so gross. I I have a thing with eyes and I I can't I uh-huh. I did, was not expecting that to happen in the movie I was like oh it, ooh so bad right um so Narky maintained her innocence oh, um, her and Cristobal were the only two people who claimed innocence when the other three started um, narking on each other um let me see do, 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 do. she eventually said um it wasn't me it was my daughter because she wanted her money <laughs> which what kind of shitty person you have to be to blame your daughter for a murder you committed i mean i know i answered my own question but <laughs> that question answers itself but 
Yeah. So the trial went on. I know people that would do that. The trial went on for nine weeks. And, um. Oh, a long trial. Surprisingly, Narky was found guilty of orchestrating the murder of her husband. Nuh-uh. And his elderly mother. Okay. Her brother was also convicted. They were both found guilty on multiple counts relating to plotting the killing, um, but acquitted on a count of felony murder. Okay. So they both got conspiracy, but neither of them got felony murder. I guess it was harder to prove that. Okay. Um, after Ben was dead, Narky stole over $100,000 from his company. She and her brother also, this is what I, what I told you earlier, tried to frame her own daughter, May, for the murder. Um, so, uh, uh, I guess at least they didn't try to kill her. Right. May and her sons. That's still bad. <laughs> May and her sons will inherit or did inherit the Novak estate. Oh, so they did finally get it out of probate then? Because um, this movie, it was still in probate, but. I think it's all out of probate now. Um, let's see. Let's see. Um,. Trying to see, I know somewhere I put how long they're going to be held. Let's see, she was convicted for for hiring the hitman. Courtroom to hear. So this movie came out in twenty fifteen, so it's very conceivable that this would have. Right. Okay. She she was sentenced to twenty seven years. Who? What are we talking about? Narky. Sorry, I was trying to find how long she was sentenced to prison. She was pretty. Oh, I to... thought she got life without parole. Novak said she got life without parole. Novak's lawyer Howard Tanner told the judge that federal guidelines would be satisfied with a twenty-seven year sentence. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yes. So life, but there's an, uh, a possibility of parole actually for her. Okay. Uh, so, um. No, you know what? My information is conflicting now. I remember being confused by this as I was researching. We're going to say she's going to she gone to jail forever. Let's hope. Good. Let's hope she doesn't Yay. get out. Um, I was just wondering if his stuff was still in probate court. or Yeah. Not, I thought I saw that it hadn't, but I also thought that I had written down her actual uh-oh. sentencing. So don't trust well, my information now. She's in jail forever. The, the, the state's out of probate court. Everything's happy. Everyone's happy. Yes. Everything's good. Yes. The end. The end. <laughs> so, yeah. So that was me trying to sort through my ten pages of research because it was also interesting. Like this was a really interesting case to me. Yeah. It just like it just kept. It turning. really was, and I I love that we like kind of just picked it out of the blue, and it was it was real. This movie, look, Lifetime A plus plus. This movie was excellent, and. I had to rent this on Amazon and it was worth it, but you guys need to put this on the app because people need to see this movie. It was really good. Yes. Yeah. All right. Do you have a lifetime movie of the week for me? Well, I've decided that since it's Christmas time, um, I'm going to tell you about my favorite lifetime and Hallmark Christmas movies every week. Okay. From the week. You didn't tell me that's what we were doing. Oh, I didn't tell you. I didn't tell you that's what we were doing because I didn't know if we were doing it. I just decided to do it for myself because I know you don't really watch them. Oh, I watch Hallmark movies much. the whole Christmas season. 
So, did you see last night's premiere? The one with Merritt, what's her head? No, I have it DVR'd because I'm going to watch Merit, it with Sarah. Um, Patterson and John Knorr. Picture a Perfect Christmas, which is the stupidest title. It is very stupid. I but I actually she's a photographer. She is, and I actually really enjoyed it. Good. I really did like it. Um, I didn't catch any of this week's uh, Lifetime movies, but I did catch one from um, a couple weeks ago called Always and Forever Christmas that I really liked. Um, I'll just read you this not real quick. Um, when marketing exec Lucy learns that she's inherited her grandfather's year-round Christmas store called Forever Christmas. She makes a trip back home to support the store during its final Christmas season before she sells it to a hip athletic leisure wear company. But once she's back in Vermont, she begins to understand why her grandfather's shop is so special with the help of local diner owner Scott and the magic of a Christmas stranger from the North. Who's played by Beth Broderick and Beth Broderick is like a staple in all of Lifetime's Christmas movies. Is like she she's really? in every single one. Like the mm-hmm. aunt from Sabrina? Yeah. Huh. I know. So I watched it. It's a really great movie. Um, I really enjoyed it. And so, yeah, I just thought like since we could, we could mix it up for the holidays and I'm sorry, I didn't realize that. Yeah. It's okay. I have a gruesome, <laughs> interesting story to tell you. So Ooh, tell me. Okay. So um, back in February, um, fastcompany.com ran an article called five true crime stories way more interesting than another Ted Bundy movie. And I'm like, these people are our people. These are our people. Yes. Cause I'm so sick of Ted Bundy, but I am looking forward to the new documentary with his girlfriend. Yes. Where she talks finally. Cause I'm interested to see what she has to say. Um, so, um, one of the things on here was the murder of Angela Samoda. Are you familiar with this okay. case? I don't think so. Um, It's from the 80s. So um, a college student in Texas named Angela Simoto was raped and stabbed to death in her apartment in 1984. Her case went cold until her roommate at the time, like her roommate at the time of her killing, was watching Mm -hmm. the O.J. Simpson trial. And they started to talk about DNA evidence and its importance in the O.J. trial. So Sheila Wysocki, the best friend, or, or the roommate rather, called the police and urged them to retest the DNA samples because DNA and semen had been taken from the scene of her murder. Uh Um, Urged them to um, take another look. And I mean, she was calling like daily until the police would do it just to shut her up. Well, you have to. Right. Um, But it just showed a lot of dedication. Um, She got nowhere. And so she got her own private investigator's license so she could gain access to the samples herself. Yes, I think I have heard of this girl. Isn't there a podcast about this? Maybe. Um, I have to look it up. But yeah, I think there is or or like an episode of a podcast about it. um, So in 2006, she finally convinced the police to reopen the case. It took two years to process the DNA, but it matched with Donald Bess, who was a convicted rapist who was found guilty and sentenced to death because of this. And she still works as a private investigator. You kill somebody, we will kill you back. That's how we roll. Um, And there was an episode of a show called uh, I Solved My Best Friend's Murder. Or maybe it's a a movie, a show about her, like. Oh, maybe that's what I saw. um, So. I think it's an oxygen show. Maybe. Yeah. So I think that this would be a killer movie. I think so too. That's a great movie. And it's like, it's the twist where the best friend and they, you know, they could mix it up and have somebody like following her around, but really it's nobody. You right. Know? Yeah. They could totally do it. It'd be really good. 
All right. That's great. I love it. So what are we watching next week? Um, Next week, we can do Take It in Broad Daylight, if you like. Yes. Cool. We will do that then. And then after that, I'll have to find this Crimes of the Mind movie, which I do think is about a cult. And so. Um, you know how much I love cults. I know. You know who also loves cults? You're actually the Who's one that? who told me this. Oh, Drew from Lifetime Uncorked. So, Drew, we know you're listening. <laughs> it's probably his unfortunate job to have to listen to this podcast every week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he pours himself a glass of champagne. He's like, time to listen to my best friends. <laughs> Drew, it's okay. You're our best friend, too. You are our best friend. So, and Patrick, too. We love you both. Yeah, just email us. Yeah. And we'll work something out. We can do like a we can do like a, a double show. A right? double show? Sure. We'll guest on each That's other's thing. shows. Yeah, that'd be fun. Oh, that would be so much fun. That would so. be fun. <laughs> this dream world we're building for ourselves keeps getting better and better. So I followed Drew on the Instagram and his, his and his girlfriend, I think now wife, because I think he's getting, he's either got married last week or is getting married in the upcoming weeks. I'm not sure which. Okay. Um, but they dressed um, as Game of Thrones characters for Halloween and they did, they like nailed it. It was really good. So there are people. They were so cute. Yeah. They were really cute. All right. Well, since we'll never be that cute, let's go ahead and skedaddle no. out of here. Um, wow. Do you want to tell the lovely folks where they can find us? Sure. We're on the Instagram at Lifetime Sentence, on Twitter at Life Sentence Pod. You yeah. can find us. Oh, oh you go. on Facebook at Lifetime or no, at Facebook.com slash Lifetime Sentence. You can shoot us an email at Lifetime Sentence Podcast at gmail.com. Join us on the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Lifetime Sentence. Is that the last one? I no, don't even know. And our website, LifetimeSentence.com. Oh, right. um, website's kind of a bust. Like, I'm going to be honest. We put show notes on there, but there's not a whole well, lot of interactivity going on there. My friend Jonesy has offered to kind of overhaul the website for us if we'll let her use it for her um, portfolio. Oh, so. absolutely. But she's also been super busy, like, rescuing kitties from certain death and everything. So I'm just kind of going on her own timeline. But, yeah. Jonesy, um, we appreciate that you rescue cats and LifetimeSentence.com from absolute peril. So since we're all royalty, you know, in Uh my group, I'm Duchess. The other Aaron is McClarty. Aaron Jones is um, the Baron Von Jonesington. Yes. (laughs) So... I love it. Um, so, yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. Yeah. And um, super important information I need to give you right now. Oh. Eat your vegetables. <gasps> Charge your phone. Bye. Bye. This has been Lifetime Sentence, where the truth really is stranger than fiction. Thanks for listening.